Hi, I'm Dan Jones. And I'm Mia Lee, and we are the editors of Modern Love at The New York Times and co-hosts of the Modern Love podcast. We read love stories for a living. And by love stories, we mean essays written by real people about all forms of human connection. We're talking about everything from first dates to funerals, from sibling rivalries to new love at 85. On our show, we're going to bring those stories to life. We'll hear from the writers and also from the people who are written about. Relationships are the most important things in our lives. And the people that tell us their stories are just so brave, like way braver than I think I am most of the time. Yeah. They're so honest and so vulnerable. And listening to the stories, I feel like you absorb so much wisdom and you get a sense that you're not alone. You can follow Modern Love wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. We hope you'll join us. New episodes are out every Wednesday. What? We're kind of rusty. We haven't played all year. Yeah, a little bit rusty. That's yeah. Sure. One, two, two for me. One. How old are you? You don't want to say? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. Okay. 95. 95, sure, okay. Man. You've got a good good group here. I thought it was 96. Well, how should you know? Oh, I, I, I was to your birthday party when you was 95. 95, right. All right, now last you, year. You missed at 96, you didn't have no party. Maybe I'm a hundred. Months, I was wondering a hundred. How many bags? Three? You never know about us. I sold people one, roll them. From the New York Times, I'm Michael Barbaro. This is The Daily. Today. When vaccinations began across the U.S., they started at nursing homes, the epicenters of infection and death throughout the pandemic. Now, as those nursing homes begin to emerge from lockdown, my colleague Sarah Marvash documents what it's like inside one of them in West Virginia. It's Friday, March 26th. Hi. Hi. Hi, are you um, Miss Husick? I'm Zita. Zita. Earlier this year, so in nice February, I met a woman named Zita Husick, who lives at the Good Shepherd Nursing Home in Wheeling, West Virginia. I'm going to be... 96 next month. No, no, you're not. 96. Yeah. I don't believe oh, yes, that. Yes, I am. <laughs> I talked to Zita over FaceTime. There was some medical equipment beeping in the background. They always tell me I look younger because I act young and I don't dress like an old lady. And I like to gamble. I'm a gambler. So, and I was married for 53 years. I waited till I was 30 because I was having a good time and I didn't want to settle down. (laughs) We didn't have no children. I didn't have no time for that. So tell me about what life has been like during the virus, during COVID. What has has your life been like? We were stuck in our room and we've been just sitting in our rooms. We used to go out in the hall, but then they quit 
we was allowed because they didn't want us to be close to one another. So it was pretty boring. Oh, were you this eating your meals? Year, and your, Where were you boring. eating your <laughs> It was boring because all I did was sleep and watch TV. What did you watch? Uh, whatever was on. I liked to watch a show in uh, wedding gowns. All these older women getting married in white. I was surprised. Well, in my time, you wasn't allowed to get married in white unless you were supposed to be a virgin. <laughs> now, now. Times have changed, Zita. I don't know what to tell they you. <laughs> children there and they're still dressed in white. <laughs> All right, Betty Lou. It's your turn. Hi, Betty Lou. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Can you hear her? Yes. Okay. Okay. I also met hey, Betty Lou Leach. Born in 24, so you figured out. Born in 24, okay. Yep. Who was about to turn 97. What has been I the hardest part of the last year for you? Bye. What's been the hardest part of this whole last year? I think the hardest part is missing your family. I uh, I had a rough time at first. Uh, my sister was here, and she passed away. That was the hardest time I had. And it's been, I don't know, quite an adjustment. She passed away at the very beginning of this pandemic, didn't she? Yes, she didn't go And you weren't able to go to the funeral. No, I wasn't able to go to the funeral. I'm so sorry. But, uh... Her sister didn't die of COVID, but because of COVID, she couldn't grieve with her family or even see much of them. And I do miss my daughter so very, very much. You don't know what it is, how happy it is, and how joyful you are when you do see them. But we talk oh, maybe two or three times a day, and we always talk every night. We say goodnight to each other every night. And she calls in the mornings, and then we're okay. Mm-hmm. What are you looking forward to most when things change and you're able to get back to some normalcy next week with activities? Well, for one thing, I'm looking for the dining room to open. I love the dining room. They always had it decorated beautiful. The girls down there took care of you. And you got to see people. And that's important to see people. And uh, I really miss the dining room a, a lot. And I'll be the first one there. Thank you so much. And I will uh, hopefully see you on Monday. A few days after I talk to Zita and Betty Lou, I get in my car and head to West Virginia. So it's a little before 9 a.m. on Monday morning, and I'm here at Good Shepherd Nursing Home, and we are about to go inside and hopefully talk to some residents and staffers as they begin to open up for the first time amid the pandemic. They're not doing visitation, so we'll be probably among the only people in there who are not working there. Ooh, it's cold out here. When I get to Good Shepherd. Yeah, good. Is this the right entrance? Yeah. Okay. 
I get my temperature taken. Yeah, yeah. 97. <laughs> I get a rapid COVID test. You don't have no coughs or throat been anyone I'm wearing an N95 mask and they give me PPE. I have goggles and gloves. And that wrestling you hear is my gown PPE. And they asked me to wear a medical gown over my clothes. And then I go inside. This is the first day in nearly a year that the nursing home is having group activities again. I had planned to start my day in the chapel where they were having mass. But then while mass was going on, I heard this commotion happening outside in the hall. So I sneak outside to see what's happening. Hi, Betty Lou. Hello. I'm Sarah from, from the New York Times. Yes, I talked to you on FaceTime. I thought so. How are you feeling? I see that the, you're sitting right in front of the... Oh, it's the most exciting day to be in there. Oh. I love it in there. And, and I see it's decorated. And in the hallway, I find Betty Lou, who is right outside the dining room. She's dressed up, her hair is curled, and she's wearing a bracelet her daughter had given her. And you look really nice today. Did you get She's ready to be the first one inside the dining room doors for lunch. Whoopee! <laughs> yes, I should have brought my camera down. You should have. We head into the dining room. All right, you ready? I'm ready if you are. The dining room is decked out for Valentine's Day. It's a formal dining room. There are white tablecloths. There's lots of, like, red and pink tinsel everywhere. There are heart-shaped centerpieces at every table, and there are even some stuffed panda bears who are carrying hearts that say, I love you, for the occasion. On the menu for the day, cheeseburgers and potato soup. Well, we missed you. I'm glad you're back. Employees are walking around, taking orders for coffee and tea. But Betty Lou isn't there for the food or the drinks. I'm too excited. She has her eyes on the door. What are you excited about, about the dining room today? Just seeing the people here. And one by one, people start trickling in. Hey, you're sitting at my table today. Yeah, I'm here. How about that? Sherry, what would you like? The residents are chatting amongst themselves. Hey, you look pretty good today. Oh, thank you. Everyone else, we have really missed this. Oh, everybody has. And I'm walking around the dining room getting to know people. Yellow uh, earrings. Avon. Avon earrings. You get dressed up to come to the dining room. I do. And so does everybody else. Don't let them kid you. Here today, huh, we're all ecstatic about this because this is the first time we've been down here for like six or eight months. We have not been out of our rooms. Even though most of the residents and staff have been vaccinated, the nursing home is still social distancing. There are two people at a table instead of the usual four. Many people are wearing masks. I love Still, there's a moment when I see two friends who can't help but reach across the table and grasp each other's hands. As I'm watching this scene unfold, what stands out to me is the simplicity of it all. It isn't some big emotional reunion, but it's something as simple as saying, how are you, to a friend, or being able to ask, how do you like the soup? These small, ordinary moments of connection that so few of us have had this year. And time. Everything takes time, but you know, know what? We're all bouncing back here, buddy. I know, absolutely. Yes, Seeing it's wonderful. All, seeing all the people. Yes. All the friends. That's right. That's right. 
At one point, I head out into the hallway where I spot an elderly couple talking quietly. He's sitting on a brown couch wearing a bunch of PPE, an N95 mask, a face shield, a gown. She's sitting across from him in a wheelchair. Excuse me. I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, I'm just a reporter. Though at this point, Good Shepherd is still largely closed to visitors. I had heard that some people had recently gotten special permission to see loved ones inside the nursing home. And because he's wearing so much PPE, I wonder if he's one of those visitors. So I go over to them, and I ask if I can sit down and talk. Um, let me make sure I have your names. Do you mind sharing with me? Frank and Phyllis Ellis. How do you spell that? E-L-L-I-S. She's 87, and he's 91. She's been living in the nursing home during the pandemic. He's been at home. And what was that like for you guys being apart all those months and weeks? Not very nice. <laughs> yeah. But we did have the FaceTime. And that, it was still better than nothing. Frank had been able to yeah. see Phyllis a handful of times when COVID cases were low. He sat in the hallway. But it had been a long time since they'd seen each other last. Our October 20th was our 69th anniversary, and I was visiting her that night, and I bought pot pies from Bob Evans. We sit across the hall and ate. Then the next day, they locked it down. And then finally, just the week before, Good Shepherd allowed him to come visit again. When you were apart during COVID, was it the longest you'd ever been apart? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's hard. What did you miss? Seeing my wife. Because when we was home, we was always fighting. I miss that. Oh. (laughs) He's a wonderful man. So you miss fighting with each other? (laughs) Oh, no. We still had it today. (laughs) What were you fighting about? (laughs) There's always something, huh? Oh, yeah. Not fighting, just... She misses seeing the kids and that, the grandchildren. Yeah, what did you, what have you missed? My family. And being at home. That's the biggest thing. I keep saying, why can't I go home? And he keeps saying, Phil, you know why. What was it like when you saw each other for the first time again last week? Really nice. Getting used to this stuff. I never had to wear this before. That face guard? Yeah, this time they're making you wear them. So, no kissing? No. No, I stay away from her. I don't want to take a chance on you know, yeah. it. Best to just stay away. Now we still have our spats, so, you know. You have those to keep you going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How long was your visit? An hour. An hour. Okay, well, I better get going so I can leave you guys alone. 
but thank you so much for sharing with me. Awesome. Very nice talking to yeah, you. Yeah, nice to talk to you too. Okay, enjoy. If you're single, are you dating on the Match app yet? Are you a sourdough-starting, microgreens-growing, closet-organizing superstar? It turns out, post-pandemic singles may be the most interesting people out there. And they're ready to have those what-did-you-do-last-year conversations. After this year of being focused on yourself, there's never been a better time to partner up. Download the Match app, set your preferences, and their powerful recommendation engine takes it from there. And bonus, it's now 100% free to message your top matches. Get ready to start something great. Download Match today. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Penny Auction. Is everybody ready to bid? Yeah. At about 2 o'clock, everyone begins to gather for what had been one of the most popular activities before the pandemic, a penny auction. Are you all excited to be back here for the penny auction? Yeah, all right. All of the residents get pennies, which they can use to bid. And there's a big table at the front of the room where a bunch of auction items are set up. There are cookies and quilts and a stuffed Snoopy. And all around, residents are spread out in a maze of socially distanced wheelchairs. Betty Lou is there. Hi again. And so is Zita. Zita, hi. Sarah from the... It takes her a second to recognize me because I'm covered in PPE. Yeah. I didn't know who you are. Well, I know you can't recognize me with all this stuff on. And eventually, we get started. Here we go. Okay, we're all ready. Everybody ready? Can everybody hear me back there? The first item up is a handbag with a few things in it. A body spray, a toothbrush, and toothpaste, a ladies' deodorant. Then there's a light-up St. Patrick's Day necklace. Oh, that's nice. Thanks. Put it on you. Put it on me. Look at that. Oh, squeaks. I'm blinking. <laughs> but the hot ticket item? Who likes cheese balls? We like cheese balls. A giant tub of cheese puffs. And Betty Lou, who's been awfully quiet so far, decides to go all in. And ends up taking home the prize. You won't give anybody any. So Betty, you spent all your pennies on cheese puffs. <laughs> Those are good snack. I'm done. <laughs> Are you happy with your purchase? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for coming down for the auction today. We're so lucky we got to do this today. Thank you. I hope we continue. See you later. Okay, so it's about four o'clock, and we've had a really full day so far. 
going to lunch in the dining room and then the penny auction, which was a huge hit. Um, I'm about to call a nurse who worked on the COVID unit but is off today, and so I'm going to try her on her cell phone if she picks up. Hi, is this Carol? Yes, it is. Hi, Carol. This is Carol Smay has been at Good Shepherd for almost four years. What? Ha- how hard has this past year been? Like, ha- what has been the hardest part of this past year? Seeing the, the, the fact that these folks have been separated from their families has been very difficult. Um, I feel that a lot of them have declined just because of not being able to see their family. So, I mean, there's, there's components to the human life beyond just the healthcare. The nursing home had been mostly spared early on in the pandemic, but it suffered a COVID outbreak in November. Carol took care of those patients. I mean, we had one guy who passed and who, I mean, he's the one that strikes me the most because uh, he he was a very positive, upbeat kind of guy. And um, before the pandemic, he made a point of um, always getting around to every single unit, talking to everybody, the staff, the other residents. Um, he was always excited about going to dining room. Um, any activity that was occurring, um, you know, he, he knew what was going on every single day because he had a lot of physical disabilities, but he had a, a very clear mind. And I used to tell him he was my hero because in spite of what would appear to have been in terms of his physical disabilities, be a kind of what you'd say a raw deal, he was always so positive and so upbeat. I say, you're the morale officer of, of the building when he would come by, you know, because I said, you're always in such a good mood and always so happy. And and he's one of the ones that died. Wow. That was very hard. And were you treating him? Yes. I mean, he was in the COVID unit, so yes. It sounds like you were close with him, too. Everybody was. And as the day goes on, I realize there's one person I still need to talk to. And that's Don Kirsch, the administrator of the nursing home. He's the one who gave the orders to shut down last year. And he's also the one who ultimately gave the okay to come out of lockdown. Okay, I see you wrote this down. So just some thoughts. Um... And as we sit down, he pulls out a statement that he's typed up on a piece of paper. Do you, want, do you want to just maybe read this for the audio in your own voice? Or read, you know, parts of it? Uh, tragically, we experienced a corona, coronavirus outbreak in November of 2020, affecting 20 residents, resulting in five resident deaths. We are brokenhearted by this loss of life. Uh, these individuals and their loved ones are in our thoughts and prayers each day. This is a really, um, it's been an emotional time this past year. And so tell me why, you know, when you were talking about 
what you've been through. You got a little choked up. Tell me, tell me more about that. Well, it's, um, uh, Sarah, it's been the uh, greatest challenge of our careers. And I'm not only speaking for myself, uh, but uh, for all of our staff. Uh, Wheeling is such a tight-knit community. Uh, we know each other. A lot of us have grown up together. And um, we had the pleasure of taking care of individuals in the time in their lives other than childhood, uh, possibly when they needed others the most. Um, trying to find the right words. I better start over, I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm, I'm really sorry. Um, as I uh, was saying, our, our staff has handled this with uh, tremendous uh, professionalism. They uh, worked uh, morning, noon, and night, volunteering oftentimes uh, to work over and uh, to, to stay with residents or sit with residents. I have uh, a tremendous respect, love, and admiration uh, for our staff. And how long have you been the administrator here at Good Shepherd? This uh, June, it'll be 40 years. And in those 40 years, have you ever experienced anything like this? No, as I said, this has been the greatest challenge of a lifetime. Are there days that stand out to you during the pandemic as, as being pivotal? Uh, two days uh, stood out when uh, we began to see what was happening uh, throughout uh, the state of West Virginia. I had uh, made the decision on uh, March uh, 11th to uh, close the facility to uh, outside visitors. Uh, the other day that stands out to us was December 23rd of uh, last year when our uh, residents received the, the first dose of the uh, Moderna vaccine. I. Um, I felt for the first time in all of those months that uh, we might have the chance of having the upper hand uh, against this virus and that we might be uh, able to begin to see the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, you know, I feel a tremendous uh, sense of um, um, responsibility for these individuals and uh, tremendous sense of accountability to them and to their family members. Uh, so there's been a tremendous number of sleepless nights, uh, a tremendous amount of praying uh, to God for an answer. And uh, I, I hope we're at that point right now. But I, I will say at the same time, I feel that I've had no more, no less weight than any other staff member here. We're all in this together and uh, uh, we share equally in the joy and in the pain. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, I guess before you go, we did you did read the statement about the, the five people who died, but I do think it's important to to talk a little bit about that and about what you can say about them. Um, wh whether there's something specific about each of those people that you you know, or or just the lo the loss of, and sort of acknowledging that. I, I will say that I knew each one of them personally as I tried to know all of our residents personally. And uh, um, 
I, I just uh, have a terrible sense of uh, regret and uh, apology to them and to their families. I, I feel as if, uh, as administrator of this facility, that I let them down. And uh, that's something I'll uh, carry with me for the rest of my life. Uh, I couldn't keep the virus from taking their lives. I will be uh, so much more happy, Sarah, when their family members are able to come in and see their loved ones again. There's no substitute for uh, a one-on-one -on -one visit and uh, that uh, love and affection that cannot come through an electronic device. Thank you so much for your time, Mr. Kirsch. I really appreciate it. Don. It's Don. Nice. Okay. So, Everyone here calls you Mr. Kirsch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. okay. That sounds good. Well, we'll be here for Bunko later. Did anyone? Did your parents? Did you? Did your parents explain Bunko to you? <laughs> you know, I think Zeta explained. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's something, isn't she? She said something about dice and getting to twenty-three. Right. Around seven o'clock, I head to the final event of the day. A dice game called Bunko. Who's in charge? Is Zita in charge? It's Zita. <laughs> Betty Lou and Zita are there, along with three others. They're sitting around a table, and they each have a small cup of cheese puffs in front of them. Betty Lou had brought her auction winnings to share. Oh, she won Bunko. Oh, Bunko. As the day draws to a close, I think about what this time at Good Shepherd tells us about the return to normalcy after the pandemic. There may have been an off switch at the beginning, but I realize there will be no on switch, no one instant when everything goes back to normal. But more and more, we may find moments of healing and togetherness. A shared coffee over lunch, a dice game with friends. Okay, girls, it was really nice playing. For a change. Betty Lou, what did you think? Lunch and penny auction. Oh my gosh, it's been a busy day. <laughs> Goodness sakes. How do you feel at the end of the day? How do I feel today? Tonight, right now. Right now, I feel very happy about today. Well, it's nice meeting you. Nice Are you real fast? Do you think you'll ever come back nice. this way? Yeah, I think so. See you tomorrow. There's a girl. I got your feet out. It's nice to see you tomorrow. Very nice. Oh, th thanks for listening to Thank me. you, Zita. It was such a pleasure. I loved getting to know you, and I'm so <laughs> glad you got to play Bunko. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In a series of new guidelines for nursing homes released in recent weeks, the Biden administration recommended that guests should be allowed to visit the residents inside of them, regardless of whether they or the residents have been vaccinated. In explaining the change, federal health officials cited the millions of vaccines 
already administered to nursing home residents and staff, as well as the, quote, psychological, emotional, and physical toll of keeping nursing home residents separated from their families. The Good Shepherd Nursing Home is now open to visitors. We'll be right back. This podcast is supported by Hulu. Hey there, I'm Elizabeth Moss from the Hulu original series, The Handmaid's Tale. The cultural phenomenon picks up where we left off, but this season, June finally breaks free. Tune in to watch her face the consequences. Season four is now streaming only on Hulu. Here's what else you need to know today. What I'm worried about is how un-American this whole initiative is. It's sick. It's sick. During his first formal news conference as president, Joe Biden denounced the growing attempts by Republican state legislators to restrict access to voting, calling it a disgraceful strategy that recalled the days of Jim Crow in the American South. The Republican voters I know find this despicable. Republican voters. Asked about the filibuster rule in the Senate, which requires 60 votes to pass legislation and threatens to block much of his agenda, Biden signaled that he was open to taking steps to limit or abolish it. So it's being abused in a gigantic way. Finally, Biden said he would set a new goal for vaccinations, 200 million doses administered by his 100th day in office in late April. I know it's ambitious, twice our original goal, but no other country in the world has even come close, not even close to what we're doing. I believe we can do it. Today's episode was produced by Stella Tan and Rachel Quester, with help from Alexandra Lee Young. It was edited by Anita Bottigio and Lisa Chow and engineered by Brad Fisher. The Daily is made by Theo Balcom, Lisa Tobin, Rachel Quester, Lindsay Garrison, Annie Brown, Claire Tennisketter, Paige Cowett, Michael Simon Johnson, Brad Fisher, Larissa Anderson, Wendy Dore, Chris Wood, Jessica Chung, Stella Tan, Alexandra Lee Young, Lisa Chow, Eric Krupke, Mark George, Luke Vanderplug, Sindhu Yanasambandan, MJ Davis Lynn, Austin Mitchell, Nina Potok, Dan Powell, Dave Shaw, Sidney Harper, Daniel Guimet, Hans Buto, Robert Jimison, Mike Benoit, Bianca Gaver, Liz O. Balin, Asta Chaturvedi, Caitlin Roberts, Rochelle Banja, Elise Spiegel, Leslie Davis, Diana Wynn, Marion Lozano, Soraya Shockley, Corey Shreppel, and Anita Bottigio. Our theme music is by Jim Brunberg and Ben Landsverk of Wonderly. 
Special thanks to Sam Dolmick, Michaela Bouchard, Lauren Jackson, Julia Simon, Mahima Chablani, Nora Keller, Sophia Milan, Des Ibagua, Laura Kim, Erica Futterman, and Shreya Sinha. That's it for The Daily. I'm Michael Barbaro. See you on Monday. Everyone likes shopping online, but searching for coupon codes is kind of a bummer. So make saving online a breeze with Capital One Shopping. Capital One Shopping is a free tool that instantly searches for available coupon codes and automatically applies them at checkout. Just download Capital One Shopping to your computer and let it do the work for you. So easy, and you don't even need a Capital One card to use it. Capital One Shopping. It's kind of genius. What's in your wallet? Savings and available coupons vary.